Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Deadly Sins podcast. If you're here, you're either a pervert or you sell to perverts. Either way, let's be friends. Uh, today is a little bit different. Uh, we don't have Aslan with us. It's just me, Marina. Um, Aslan is in the process of moving and everything's really hectic and she gave it her absolute best attempt and effort at being here today for this episode but unfortunately uh with the moving you know losing track of your things and not knowing where all your recording equipment um, goes that can really get in the way of a easygoing podcast additionally to that uh where Aslan and I live the uh COVID restrictions have recently uh increased quite significantly because there's been a lot of new cases and uh the uh, extra measures taken place uh, have meant that we are not able to see each other in a physical capacity. So we were trying to do a Skype thing. We really did try, but unfortunately uh, that ended up being a bit of a bust. So I uh, hope you don't mind. You've got me this week. Uh, hopefully we'll be back to regular schedule program next week. Uh, it's just hard to say uh, with these restrictions how long they're going to last. Also, if we can successfully get a Skype back and forth running. Um, we're really trying. Uh, it's just not as simple as can be. Um, anyways, uh, that was a long ramble just to fill you in on what's going on. Uh yeah, so let's dive into... Oh, wait, I gotta plug some things. I'm so sorry. Uh, I wonder how many people just, like, fast-forward this part and, like, just get through to, like, the meat of the episode. If you're one of those people, I don't blame you. I sometimes do the same thing when I listen to podcasts, but anyways, if you bear with me, I want to give you guys an update and plug shamelessly our Twitter page. 100% free to follow. I mean, it's Twitter. It should be. It would be really weird if it wasn't, uh, but that's where we post updates uh, and things that are going on throughout the week. We're trying to be a little bit more active on it because we want to be available to you more than just the once a week that you hear our episodes. And also, like, it's a really good platform to, like, be able to communicate and reach out to you guys and have you reach out to us. Um, I want to say, like, thank you again for anyone who has ever sent a message our way, whether it's, you know, via kick or uh, through the Twitter page or even personally. Like, however you've found a way to reach us on, like, Panty Deal or whatever website, we're really grateful for that feedback. And it's really nice to hear from our fans. And, um... It, it makes us feel good. It makes us feel validated in what we're doing. So thank you so much. We're going to make the effort on making the Twitter page a little bit more uh, spicy and interesting because <laughs> right now there's not a lot going on. But uh, if you were following, you would have already known ahead of time that uh, this episode is only going to be featuring me. So anyways, things like that will be posted on there as well as some other fun goodies. Uh, you can follow us at uh Deadly Sins Duo on Twitter. Uh, another plug, which has the same at, is our Patreon page. So uh, if you want to support us, um, we really appreciate anything that comes our way. Um, we have our tiers as low as a dollar. So if you just want to support us and know that, like, show us that you're there, we really, really appreciate it. And we have tiers for sellers on how-to guides. We're going to be adding a whole lot more content onto that pretty soon. Aslan and I did have, like, a little bit of a uh, meet-up and chatted through it all earlier this week to kind of figure out what we're going to cover and what kind of content we're going to be uploading. So lots of interesting and cool and new things coming up there. And then for our perverts out there, 
don't be shy. It's totally cool. We've got some dual content uh, in the duo DOM content, I should specify, at the higher ends of our tiers and also some extra goodies as well. So if you want to support us on the Patreon page, we also, oh, that's another thing, on uh, on some tiers, we also give you a shout out on our uh, episodes here uh, at the end of every month. So if you are interested in any of that, supporting us in any way like that, we really, really appreciate it. It goes towards our recording equipment. Um, it goes towards, you know, making these things flow a little bit easier, gas money, hopefully soon it'll go back towards uh renting the recording space out for the studio but uh we're making do with what we got right now um and maybe we could start investing in our own uh nicer equipment because it all is just making great content for you that's what we're really interested in doing so if you want to give us a following choice your support over there that is patreon.com slash deadly sins duo yeah so uh, I guess I should I, I think I've talked a lot about nothing for long enough <laughs> that we can kind of get into this I think uh, the sin for this week is gluttony because this is kind of like story time just chatting with Marina because uh, honestly I uh, I I've had a lot coming up in this past couple weeks um, and it just would be nice to share with you guys and let you guys know lots of this kind of content would be posted on the Patreon page as like blog posts giving you more updates and more like knowledge on what's going on each day kind of vibes but vibes oh god who am I? <laughs> so sorry I'm so awkward when I'm by myself <laughs> anyways uh lots of that kind of content would be on the patreon but I figured that I'll just let you guys know what's going on you know uh it's nice when you tell me what's going on and I appreciate that and it's always interesting to hear what's going on so I've said going on like 14 times in the past minute so anyways I'm just gonna move on <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I've had a little bit of a reset lately, so uh, maybe we'll start back um, at the end of October because I hit a really big milestone in my personal life outside of sex work. Um, you may have heard inklings of this uh, if you're a longtime listener. Oh my god, sorry, it just occurred to me that, like, we've been doing this podcast for, like, almost a year. I know we took several months off because COVID and everything, but, like... We started it about a year ago, so that's really cool. Anyways, if you're a long-time listener, <laughs> uh, you might know that uh, my one of my New Year's resolutions, I put that like kind of in quotations, um, was because like I started it before New Year's, but I wanted to run a marathon by the end of 2020. So uh, I started that in like October of last year, and then sure enough, October of this year, so a few weeks ago, I ran my first marathon. Uh, it was a virtual race, so it wasn't really what I had envisioned it would have looked like back in January or even before that. But, you know, that was just the way the cookie crumpled, unfortunately. Lots of races were canceled. It was a real bummer when I found out that everything was kind of getting shut down. And that's what some of the trickle down effect looked like. You know, like lots of people, you know, they might've had vacations canceled or maybe they had to have like weddings postponed. I know it's affected us in different ways. And for me, one of like the really big ones that kind of rocked my world uh, was finding out that my races were not going to happen. So anyways, doing a virtual race was a, a really interesting experience. Um, if anyone has done that, like, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to chat about running because no one else wants to talk about it with me. <laughs> but really, it's um, 
it's a very different experience when you're running by yourself and uh, going that much distance. It's a lot of in your head kind of thinking and um, kind of forcing you to, to go to some places in your mind where uh, maybe aren't as like pleasant but then you also feel so good afterwards it's almost like kind of therapeutic in a way and that's something I really love about running and honestly I think like this might sound a little cheesy but like I'm kind of laughing thinking about it but really I feel like running a marathon has made me a better sex worker and to say a little bit more about that not like I mean like sure running has gotten me a little bit more trimmed and that's a nice aspect of it but I mean like in terms of breaking down a big goal in terms of having unrealistic expectations of yourself and having to, you know, rein that in a little bit. There was a point in time where I was like, I'm going to run a marathon in under four hours my first time and it's going to go great. And it took me a long time to realize that, okay, you know, these are great goals, but maybe they're, they're not unachievable, but maybe they're not right now achievable. Maybe we should, you know, calibrate this a little bit more because this is your first time. And, you know, when races got canceled, you're not going to be in a race. And, you know, when, um, you know, weather goes south and COVID, you know, gets crazy, right? Like when life throws things at you, you know, it you have to reevaluate your goals and where you're standing and what's going to be a realistic expectation for you. So for me, with my race, my goal came down to I want to run the whole thing and it didn't really matter what my time was and and that was good enough for me and I think like all those kind of skills translate to sex work like how many of us kind of went into sex work being like I want to make like like a thousand dollars a month right away like okay well it's not saying that you can't um and you know there is a, a pretty good possibility that you could make that much money but it's also well, what happens when you get halfway through the month and you're nowhere close? Or what happens when, you know, the opposite, maybe you're halfway through the month and you well surpass that, right? Do you just stop in your tracks? Do you um, change everything altogether? No, you just reevaluate and you have to kind of readjust. Um, you know, there was a time where, like, when I first joined the sex work world, I would have never, ever thought that I would have... Uh, like a a thousand dollar month I would have never really thought about having a hundred dollar days but all of those are thresholds that I've crossed and um there are also times where I have not met those goals right there have been loads of times where uh, meeting what I would consider now to be like a bare minimum um is a real stretch and it's really hard to accomplish so you know it just depends on the world climate I know like you know there's a trickle down to effect to everything, and one of them, sex workers are really feeling it, where, uh, you know, our source of income rely on other people having extra money to spend, right? You don't just, I mean, like, please correct me if I'm wrong, any perverts listening, but, like, you don't just buy content because you're out of money, per se. You buy content because you have a little bit of extra, and that's an extra for you to enjoy, right? Just the same as, like, when it comes down to it, so many of our, like, personal things that we love to have are extra, right? It's nice to have, and we like to live our life with it. You know, it's really nice to go order takeout um, so you don't have to cook, but it's an extra thing, right? You're making the choice of, you know, opting for the more option when you could do fine with the less. I'm on a real ramble. (laughs) 
what I'm saying all comes down to. I I think that the breakdown of something so big and so out of this world can be totally feasible. And that's something that really running a marathon has shown me. Um, my next big goal with sex work is I want to buy a new car. That's, that's a very real thing that I really want to get. And, um, I've been driving my car for a while. It's, it's a piece of sugar. (laughs) Um, she runs, thank goodness, but it's, you know, every day is, I'm grateful for every day that she runs, right? Um, she's one of those kind of cars and I don't, dislike the car so much but it is a money pit and I guess you could argue that any car is a money pit but you know in the last year the amount of money that I sank into that vehicle would have you know paid for a pretty decent vehicle (laughs) that's when it's uh really really hard to justify uh keeping that around but upgrading my vehicle is a significant um financial investment and as of right now the way my earnings kind of work the way the boiling down kind of trickle down effect is is that with the balance of sex work and what else I also do on the side you know just to keep my head afloat it's enough to keep myself coasting um financially and you know to be able to put a little bit in savings but it is by no means enough to have like several thousands of dollars to put aside in addition to what I already pay for in tuition and rent and groceries in car insurance as is and repairs, right? These are all, again, like kind of getting a new car would be an extra thing. So that's my big goal. And it's a bit daunting to look at thinking about saving that much money. And, you know, there's something to be said that the more money you have, I guess more money, more problems, but really like the more money you have, the more likely you are to spend it, right? If you're feeling financially comfortable, you're not really going to think twice about swiping your card somewhere. Whereas if you are really financially struggling, you, you, you know, question every purchase, or at least I, I hope you do like, not that like, not like a judgment questioning, but like, you know, making yourself pause before you, you buy just anything for any reason, right? That's, I mean, credit cards are dangerous for that reason. That makes it so easy to spend money that you may or may not have. Anyways, that's, that's a whole different topic. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about credit scores with Marina. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But really, um, uh, it, it's really hard to think about like, you know, when I reach the threshold of maybe like I'm halfway to getting an upgraded car. Well, what else am I going to want to buy by that point? What else is going to be of an urgent concern, right? You know, I could be out of place, right? One of my lease doesn't renew or, you know, what if my phone breaks down? I need to replace that or, you know, like all of these things come up in life and if you don't have the money, period, um, it's easy to make that decision of just, I can't. But if you do have it because you're saving to working towards something else, um, that's a little bit different because it's really hard to, to save, right? It, I mean, it can be. Maybe maybe this is just me. Maybe no one relates to anything I'm saying. I, but, um, I'm saying it anyways because this is my story time, not yours. <laughs> Anyways, so um, I'm feeling like the saving process to a new, I don't want to say new car because I, I don't want like a bunch of people messaging me. A new car is a stupid investment. I don't want a new car. I want an updated car, <laughs> an upgrade. Um, 
but uh yeah it's kind of like a new marathon it's it's a different marathon maybe it doesn't hurt my body the same way maybe it doesn't take the same amount of energy and capacity but it absolutely still is in itself its own marathon and uh it doesn't happen just by overnight um you know I mean people do this, but not like you should, where, like, you should train for a marathon, right? You shouldn't just show up on race day and not be able to run three miles, right? Like, you you should be working towards it because it's going to make the actual day of something um, memorable, something positive, a good experience, right? And not saying that every day up until that point is going to be a good experience, because that's not true. Um... But the whole point of training, the whole point of, like, chipping away that iceberg is so that you do have something that's worth waiting for. That it is a positive experience at the end of the day. Anyways, that's my, that's my, uh, TED Talk on how marathon training makes me a better sex worker. (laughs) But really, I, I think that, um... It's so, it was such a good learning experience for, like, not just sex work, but for life on running a marathon because anyone who's done it, um, I think you, you might have an understanding similar to mine or, you know, this can go for, like, any other, like, you know, big, big goal that takes a while to get through where, like, fundamentally I knew for a long time that I could run a marathon, but there's also the act of doing it and how many things do we think that we want to do, but we don't actually do do it, right? Because we think we can and we know we can and factually we know it's it's possible, but we don't actually take that plunge, right? Like how many, like, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a seller, you've taken that plunge, right? You've taken the step to, you know, not just say I'm going to do it, uh, not just to say I'm going to give it a try, not just to say I can, but you're actually doing it. And like, you know, mad props for you for taking that plunge. Uh, I guess the plunge that, like, we don't really acknowledge as much is, like, the ones that every day occur, right? Just like with marathons, you don't just run a marathon, right? You have to train for a really long time, right? So you take the plunge, you say you're going to do it, you say you're going to become a sex worker, and you say that you're going to join this industry. Well, you're not just going to be able to buy a car, right? (laughs) Or you have to keep working at it every single day, and not every day is a good day. And I, I just, I just loved the parallels between the two worlds of the running and the training and pushing my body physically uh, and mentally to the parallel of the push it is to run your own business, right? Because that's what we do as sex workers. We run a business and it is not easy to do. It's not, um, we like, <laughs> it drives me nuts when people like, you know, say, like, this is a quick buck on the side. Like, no, it's really not. And, you know, there are some days where it can feel like that. You know, some days you just have that easy, perfect sale. Uh, Dalma Rosa, who uh, runs the uh, the panty selling podcast, would love her. Go check her out if you haven't already. Um, she talks about how, like, there's, like, the panty selling unicorns where you get these people who are like, come out of nowhere and they know exactly what they want and they're payment ready and they're just the simplest, easiest sales you can possibly imagine. And those are delightful for when they come. But if we were waiting around for those all the time, we wouldn't have a business, right? In some capacity, you have to work hard to be able to earn 
something from this business. So mad props to all of you for doing that, right? You've, you've taken that plunge. You're working hard. Keep at it. Um, and I believe in you. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's move on to uh, what happened after the marathon. So then it became, what am I going to do next? <laughs> and, you know, like, this is the same thing, like, with, we talked about this, like, a long time ago, where, uh, when would we stop doing sex work, right? What point would we say we've earned enough money, the end, we're ready to be done? And it's really hard to define that point. And I have a, like, a familiar, words, I have a similar sensation to how I feel about after the marathon. It's not like I'm never going to run a marathon again, but how much is it going to be before I stop, right? How much more time and energy am I going to invest in this before I say, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good with running. I'm, I can cap it out here. Like, to me, I would say that there's no cap. And, you know, in sex work, there's, you know, <laughs> potentially no cap either, right? Like, there's no... I don't have a definition of when this would end. When would I stop pushing? When would I stop um, moving forward? I mean, there's an obvious kind of end in sight for sex work when, like, you know, I have my dream career and I shouldn't need any extra income. This is really for me and it means to get through school and it's also really fun for me. I really like doing it. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't really have it any other way. But that's fundamentally, like my driving force, right, is so that I can maintain my lifestyle and be comfortable and have some savings and not feel stressed about my finances. That's a big reason why I'm here. Um, but yeah, in, in reflection to the marathon, I, I also, like, you know, I I crossed that finish line, but that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm done with it, right? When I hopefully at some point am able to upgrade my car, that doesn't necessarily mean the end of sex work. That just means the end of that goal. And it's kind of a weird world to live in once you've kind of crossed those finish lines. You know? I don't know. I've been talking a lot. It's really interesting uh, running a podcast by yourself because <laughs> you don't know if any of this is valid or important. But anyways, thanks for listening. Um, anyways, after my marathon, I'm going to talk about something more personal uh, I chopped my hair. If you are a subscriber to the Patreon, uh, you'll have access to not only the audio version of our podcast, but you'll see the video one. So I'm actually talking to a camera here as well as through my mic. And you'll have long noticed that my hair is very, very dark and quite short. Um, so that was a recent change. I... I haven't shared it on the Patreon, not the Patreon. I haven't shared it on the podcast. Uh, I haven't shared it on the Patreon either, I guess, but, uh, I haven't shared it on the podcast that after I planned on running my marathon, I had the intention of chopping off my hair with the intention of, I want to grow it out so that I can donate it. And I'm so sorry to say I was born naturally blonde, but I am one of those blondes that, hair is darkened and it's really no longer blonde naturally. So I get it enhanced <laughs> uh, by chemical treatments <laughs> to be blonde. But uh, yeah, I decided that it was really important to me to um, grow up my hair so that I could donate it. So I, once I ran my marathon, I got it chopped so that it's down to my root color. And now it's just in the process of growing out until it is long enough to donate, which is going to take a couple years. But 
um, I was kind of thinking about it where, like, I was, um, like, online talking to uh, some people. I, I've recently rejoined Panty Deal. I guess I'll talk more about that point a little bit later. Uh, but, yeah, I was talking to people on Panty Deal, and uh, there were, like, a couple inquiries on, like, custom photos and things like that. And I immediately felt uncomfortable with the thought that all of my pictures on my profile are of me being blonde and long hair and I understand that to lots of people that is a certain look and a certain aesthetic that they look for you know I don't mean to stereotype but like you know the young blonde person you know is a stereotype that I did meet so um I felt super uncomfortable where I was like should I be taking a whole shit ton of new pictures should I be updating my profile completely uh, so that everyone sees that my hair is short and dark now, right? Like, what should I be doing um, to make sure that people who buy content for me don't feel like they've been catfished, right? Because uh, although, like, facially, structure-wise, like, I look the same, <laughs> I'm not a different person, but, you know, when you do drastically change your appearance somehow, um, I think it's a really interesting thing to think about. Maybe I should write a blog post on that. You know, I'm going to write a blog post on this after I finish recording. But I do think it's, you know, an important consideration on, like, you are advertising yourself with your pictures on your profile and um, how you show yourself um, publicly on these platforms, right? So when you no longer look like that, is it your responsibility to change everything or is it okay to leave those photos because... Uh, I mentioned this um, several months ago, I mean, like, before COVID shutdown times, was that I invested in a, a DSLR camera so I could take really, really nice custom photos. That was really important to me. Um, and part of that meant that I had to have someone come in and take those photos for me just because with the, you know, the auto... It's, it's really difficult to take photos of yourself with a, a big camera like that. Um, not impossible, but very difficult. But uh, since I no longer can really have people just casually come to my place and take pictures like that uh, of me, um, it means that I have to go back to taking photos like via my phone or something like that, which aren't terrible photos. But um, I like to advertise, you know, the best version of my content because I want people to know this is what I can produce. And if you are asking for my content, this is what you can expect, right? So it's just kind of in between that, like, you know, you want to always advertise your best version of yourself, like the same way that, like, you know, when you look at websites advertising clothing, right, they always model it and make it look really, really appealing so that you're more likely to buy it, right? It's no different. And like, you'll buy maybe a shirt that looked really good on the model and then you'll look at it and it's not different from what you saw in the picture. It's just because it's not the model <laughs> that it's not the same, right? Um, I mean, there's a whole nother category of, like, buying and selling on the internet of, like, straight up bullshit. <laughs> uh, like, what comes to mind is, like, wish.com. I've never bought anything from it, but I freaking love binge-watching YouTube videos of people who buy Wish content and compare it to, you know, this is not like the picture, right? What The expectation versus reality of that. And I don't want to feel like I'm doing that to my buyers, right? So how do I demonstrate that, like, I'm no longer, you know, bleach blonde? How do I show that I'm no longer got long hair? Should I be changing all my photos? Should I be deleting all the previous ones? Um, 
or should I like be telling them when they ask like for photos of me like oh by the way uh I'm no longer blonde FYI like how weird is is that right and I was kind of thinking about it like the same way as like with passport photos right you take a passport photo and you know it's several years before you get a new passport um, but it's not like your appearance doesn't change at all, right? People gain weight, people lose weight, people, you know, get scars, people get, you know, sun damage, people change their hair color, right? People put in contacts in their eyes to change the color of them, even though they're not actually biologically changed, right? It still changes your visual appearance. And yeah, I just think it's kind of an interesting, like, where do we feel like we cross the line of do we have to let people know that something has changed or is it okay to let it slide? Is it okay to let it be? And honestly, I don't really have an answer. And I wish like Aslan was here to kind of talk to me about it because uh, she dyed her hair uh, over the summer at one point in time and she ended up dyeing it back to, to dark. But there was a little point in time in there where it was, um, it was green and looked really awesome. But, uh, you know, like the, what's the onus on us as sellers? What should we be having to tell our buyers? What kind of, should I be going back and changing all my advertisements to be different? Because, you know, I spent lots of times on these ads that I've made myself. Is it my business to change them all? Anyways, sorry. That was like a, a big, like, long spiel. (laughs) But yeah, I guess like it comes down to like what would be defining of catfishing, right? Because if you know that you don't look the way you do, right? This happens to humans, generally speaking, that we just change appearance regardless of like haircuts and shit. Like we fluctuate, we change. And like I know some people, you know, you if you're one some of those people, like you take a picture of them in high school and you take a picture of them when they're 30 and you're like, there's no freaking difference. And like, that's all cool and fine and dandy, but that's not the case for so many people. At what point in time is it inauthentic to be presenting yourself that way? And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of an interesting thing to think about. And like, I'm no longer necessarily like the blonde bombshell that I like to describe myself as, uh, as much as I might feel like I am, and it's kind of disorienting having darker hair, um, that's no longer accurate uh, for the time being, and it won't be anytime soon, because, I mean, again, I plan on growing out my hair to donate it, so it's not like I'm going to go and bleach it again, or it's not that I'm going to get it drastically cut differently, because I do want it to get as long as possible, you know? Yeah, some some things to think about. Um kind of linking that, I guess I'll just like, I feel like I'm just kind of rambling. Is that what it is like to just run a podcast by yourself? Is it just feels like you're endlessly rambling? I don't know, but anyways, you're, you're along for the ride. So I'll keep going. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about me rejoining Panty DL because that was also an update I kind of briefly mentioned. Uh, I recently decided that I wanted to rejoin Panty DL, which is a uh, online platform specifically meant for selling worn goods, but also you can meet people who are interested in, you know, other kinds of content like digital or otherwise. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, if you've been like listening since the beginning, you'll hear these off and on stories about Aslan and I joining and not joining and quitting and deactivating and all the things in between. Um, and there's a lot of reasons every time on why 
uh, we come and go. And ultimately for me, I decided I wanted to come back for, I mean, there was a few reasons for me. Uh, I left in June and the main reason why I left was a, because I knew I'd be, uh, spent most of the summer camping and, uh, off-roading and, and things like that. That's pretty much how I spent my summer for the most part, uh, was, uh, exploring, my area and, and doing some fun adventure things. So I knew that I wouldn't be uh, around like cellular connection or things like that, that it would be unrealistic for me to have an account and be able to commit to reaching out to new buyers and trying to book myself for where and, you know, be able to produce the quality uh, interaction that I really pride myself in. So I felt like it would be inauthentic for me to try to maintain it. So I deactivated my account, but there's a, an additional aspect of it where um, Panty Deal had changed over their um, their billing uh, company. I don't really know the details of it, but essentially they moved from one company that would bill you each month for to use their premium access to a different company. And uh, there was a period of time there where they were offering you a discount if you moved over early. So like, you know, it would be like, I think it was like, it's hard because it's Canadian uh, for me, but I think it was like $19 USD a month. But if you like moved over early, it'd be like reduced down to like, $14 or something like that. I don't know. There was some sort of incentive to moving over and that really like forced me to really make a decision. Am I going to actively stay on Panty Deal? Because if I am actively staying, uh, I have to actively make the choice to be billed um, or am I going to leave? And I could do that both actively by like deactivating my account or passively by just letting the new company come in and meaning that I would no longer get billed if I didn't change over my billing information. So, um, I, at that point in time, as I mean, like I already told you guys, but I decided to not continue when they moved over. And I thought that that was probably going to be the end of panty deal for me. And, uh, I was pretty set on that, but I didn't actually delete my account as kind of a, just in case I still like the platform for a lot of reasons. And I genuinely like, like selling my underwear, if that's like, okay to say. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite things to sell. I think that people who buy panties are my favorite kind of customer. Um, I shouldn't say favorite. Like, I think generally speaking, they're my favorites just because like where some people would find this annoying, I really enjoy it. Where people who buy your panties, I find uh, overall, they want to have more of a, an experience with you, more a connection with you, want to get to know you. And for me personally, I find that experience way more enjoyable uh, than just, you know, giving the goods and, you know, them fucking off and, and doing their thing. I do like to develop friendships and there's a, like, I have so many, like, I would call them regulars. Regulars, like, really to me means that they've bought more than two times from me and we stay in touch in between those times. Um, so a regular could be for like a month and then they could go fuck off. But like, you know, it's someone that you're a little bit more invested in and someone you've spent a little bit more time with. And like, you know, I don't necessarily want to bridge into the territory of friendship, but, you know, developing a really nice relationship that you like 
actually give a shit about these people. And like that to me is a really nice aspect. I think that's one of my favorite parts of running my own business is that I get to do that because like, you know, what other kind of line of work do you really get to have that really intimate connection with? It's, it's very rare. And I do like meeting people and getting to know people. Anyways, I'm like on such a tangent. Um, anyways, uh, I, I left Panty Teal for the summer and then I was pretty set on like, ah, I don't think I'm going to really come back. I'm not really feeling it because, you know, the, the best part of what I find Penny Deal to be is also the worst part that it takes forever to close a sale, right? How rare is it for someone to say, I want to buy this from you. Here's my money, right? Something that like, something I love about OnlyFans and like platforms similarly to it, even though they have their problems, they're not perfect. But someone could theoretically do that, right? They could say, here's money. I want this. And it can be just that simple. Whereas with something like Panty Deal, if you don't already know, the payment methods are outside of Panty Deal. Panty Deal, all it provides you is a platform to connect with people, uh, there's no way for you to wire money over to them. You have to do that externally. Uh, so like via things like, I mean, PayPal isn't really very safe, but like knocking on wood, um, I s still am on my first PayPal. <laughs> Please don't fuck it up. Anyone listening and you, you're like listening and spiteful, do not fuck this up for me. I still have not had to get a new PayPal and I'm still shook that I have not had to get a new PayPal. I'm on my first one. I still have like a backup just in case, but uh, I have not been shut down by PayPal. But uh, if you don't know, PayPal is notoriously not sex worker friendly. They have no hesitancy to shut down your account if they have any suspicions. And although they may say that like, oh, in this much many days, you might be able to get your money back. Uh, there's just so many stories I've heard where people are not able to get their money back because it's deemed used for sex work related reasons, uh, then you cannot get that money out. Anyways, so PayPal's a bit of a bitch, but as a Canadian, uh, there's not a heck of a lot of other payment methods that you can accept it. Uh, I know like there's things like Cash App and Venmo and I don't know, like, like there's a whole bunch of them, but that's like mostly American. Um, and as a Canadian, don't really have access to those. Uh, so when you are meeting someone on Panty Deal, you know, you're interacting with them there and then you have to bring the payment to be something outside of the bubble of Panty Deal. And that's where things can go wrong, right? That's where you get people who ghost you. There's where you get technical difficulties. That's where you get, you know, flagged accounts and things shut down. Whereas something like OnlyFans, right? They just plug in your money. Sure, OnlyFans takes 20% and I don't really love that, but I do appreciate that there is no hassling around with a third party, right? It all happens on the platform that you make the interaction on. So that's another thing too, as a seller, to keep yourself safe, right? Where, uh, how many times have we heard excuses for why their PayPal isn't working, why, you know, they can't send over the money, why they're having trouble with their credit card. And although sometimes, you know, credit card things happen with OnlyFans, at least it's happening within OnlyFans. They're not just like fucking off and like leaving you, right? They do have to subscribe to your page to be able to chat with you in the first place. Anyways, there's like, they make it a few more layers deep. So that makes it just a little bit more challenging to get to that level. So, uh, that was 
again, keep making remarks on how long these rampages are. It just feels like I'm going forever because I don't have Aslan, like, anchoring me down back to Earth. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I felt like OnlyFans was a better platform for me until OnlyFans made some significant changes to their platform, which Aslan and I kind of, like, briefly talked about and alluded to, but we haven't, like, had a sit-down, like, chat about the problems with OnlyFans and what we really, really hope would change. Um, the biggest being how we can advertise as sellers, right? You can no longer put six people into one post and they all get their banners to be advertised. At least at this point in time, there isn't. And, you know, maybe that could be changed in the future, but it's been a couple months that they've had that in place. And OnlyFans doesn't seem to be too interested in changing that back to the original format. So it means that reaching out and getting share for shares um, on other people's pages is so much more difficult because they are putting these barriers in the way of you finding success and you finding new followers. And honestly, I just hit like a kind of a frustrating point with it all. Um, like around the time that I ran my marathon, I just realized that I was really frustrated that uh, I was losing subscribers uh, at a faster rate than I was gaining them. And that's where I was like, red flags, this isn't good. I shouldn't be losing subscribers. I should be gaining them. But because my ability to reach out and to gain um, outsiders' attention into my account, because that is so restrictive and prohibited, um, I am I'm, I'm not making what I was earning before. Um, I was also, um, missing the key interactions that I would have with the customers that I would meet on Patty Deal, right? Uh, you know, as annoying as it sometimes can be when you just want to close a sale and make something, you know, snappy, um, it, I, I liked this, I missed the slower pace of Panty Deal. I missed the back and forth and the getting to know and the chat. And even though it'd be immensely frustrating and it still is immensely frustrating when you get to that point where you're doing this back and forth and then... Uh, when you ask, so what are you interested in? Or, you know, we even get further than that into like, so how would you like to pay for this thing that we've talked in detail about for like the past two hours and back and forth? And then they just disappear into thin air. That's really frustrating. But um, to me, the positives were starting to outweigh the negatives, especially when I was feeling like uh, let, a bit let down from the OnlyFans platform. So I think there's something to be said that the grass is always fucking greener. The grass will always be greener on the other side of the fence. Um, it's on the other platform. It's on the other selling place. Um, like there's always a better place to be. And I find myself that I keep returning back to Panty Deal. For me, that seems to be anytime I leave Panty Deal, that's the, that's the grass that always ends up being greener. Um, and since I've joined, since I've rejoined, I should say, because I had to reactivate my account. I still had my account, so that's nice because I don't have to start from zero. I have lots of reviews there. I'm credible as a seller, which is really nice. But, uh, yeah, since going back to, uh, Panty Deal, I've already earned, like, more than what I earned on OnlyFans, um, last month. So, like, sure, it might be more work in terms of like the dedication for each customer, but I'm getting higher yields out of it. I am enjoying my experience more and also like I'm good at it, right? And there's something to be said at like along the lines of like you should do what you're good at. 
if you're really fucking good at selling cam sessions, then like, why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you on every platform that you can, that you like, that functions on a camming and you you can rock it, right? Why would you not do that? If you're really good at making custom videos, why wouldn't you be on a place like I Want Clips and advertising like mad, right? Or I Want Clips is nice because they do some advertising for you. Like, I don't really know how it works, but because I don't have it, but anyways, um, the grass is always greener, but like, there's also something to be said on do what you're good at and you're going to enjoy it. You don't want to burn out, obviously, and we have episodes all talking about burnout. And I think that honestly, without necessarily being fully cognizant and realizing it, that me taking steps away from selling underwear is my way of preventing myself from burning out from doing like selling worn goods and underwear, you know? If I run that until I am completely dry, um, I'm never going to want to go back. So it's, I think in lots of ways, it's healthy to kind of have the turnover. You know how like in, uh, I think it was medieval times where like they first discovered like, well, I guess not first discovered, but they were practicing that crop rotation where like you would have like all these different crops in each season, you would bump them and you would also have one rest field, which you wouldn't grow anything in. So that way it could replenish its nutrients. And then it would like kind of start the cycle again. If I hope you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm so sorry if you're not you're like following at all. But the idea being that you designate a time of rest from a certain area so that you, when you come back to it, it's going to be better off, right? With a crop rotation, when you are able to give one of the fields arrest the next season that you planted in it it would have a better yield because of that rest and was really important because you didn't want to run the nutrients in the soil dry and i think that's kind of nice about having multiple platforms is that you know for me right now only fans not that it's running dry per se but uh i'm not feeling the nutrients <laughs> I'm not feeling that energy back in the investment that I'm making. I'm feeling like it is more work than it is reward a lot of the time. And if I'm feeling like that on the regular, then why would I be staying? Why would I stick this out and um, pretend that I'm fine with it where I'm not? I'm tired of it. I'm bored. I'm craving something new. I want to go into something new. Why would I be forcing myself to do something that I no longer feel the fire for, right? We've also talked about, you know, that creative fire where you're like, everything feels like dynamite and you're constantly with ideas and you're go, go, go. Um, I'm not on creative fire at the moment, um, which is, you know, a bit crummy, but uh, when I rejoined Panty Deal and I started back on that platform, suddenly, like, I'm got new ideas for content. Suddenly I've got new ideas for advertising. Suddenly I've got some juices flowing again. And even though like, I think I mentioned, I don't know if it was last week's podcast or the week before, just because we filmed those at the same time. But I was saying that I was like starting to kind of feel my way back. Well, honestly, that's, uh, because I, I mean, like I, since that podcast, uh, I had, then rejoined Panty Deal, like that little bit that I was feeling has just amplified so much more now that I have returned back to a platform that I know and I'm good at and that I feel competent in. And not only that, but I do also feel like the investment in time I'm making is being 
um, demonstrated back to me, that makes it worth it, right? If I feel like I'm being compensated fairly for my time, then absolutely I'm going to keep at it. So, um, anyways, uh, I guess, like, that kind of brings me to now. So, where I am now, uh, I'm getting close to my birthday. Uh, my birthday is November 20th. Um, if you want to send some extra love my way, I will never say no to that. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, so for my birthday month, I'm, I've got a bit of a goal that I want to treat myself to a really nice gift. Uh, which is contradictory because I already told you about how I'm saving up for a car, but anyways, it's a little divot along the way so that I can treat myself now, and I'm right on track for being able to afford that by the end of the month, uh, and if I make it, then I guess I'll tell you what it is, but, um, yeah, I, um, I'm really excited about uh, the coming weeks. I'm, you know, feeling good about being back on Patty Deal. I'm starting to feel that energy coming back for OnlyFans just because it's being fed through being on a different platform. And I guess the best thing that I've taken away from the past few weeks is that uh, don't run your crops dry, right? You got to keep moving. You kind of think ahead and like, you know, linking it back to the marathon too, right? If you're not thinking about making that rest crop, then uh, you really should consider it, right, before you start the next one, before you start on the next big thing. What are you going to do to take care of you in the in-betweens? And I feel like my rest crop is now kind of, like, going towards OnlyFans, and now my crops from... <laughs> this analogy I've really overused, but my crops are now growing in panty deal, and it's going great. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Anyways... I think uh, I'm gonna wrap it up here. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this solo episode. Fingers crossed that we can be back to our regular um, programming next week or if nothing else then a Skype episode and you know last case scenario either Aslan or I will be running our own independent shows like today. Um, again just making a last note go follow us on Twitter uh, that's at Deadly Sins duo. Um, if you're one of the perverts listening, um, check out our OnlyFans pages. Uh, Aslan's OnlyFans is uh, OnlyFans.com slash Aslan Davis and my OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash It's My Best Asset. <laughs> and uh, if you want to find me on Panty Deal, uh, you can find me on Panty Deal at My Best Asset. There's no it's, it's just My Best Asset. And, uh, our Patreon, did I mention that? Oh god, now I can't keep track. Anyways, our Patreon and Twitter, Deadly Sins Duo, uh, would really, really appreciate the support there. Uh, if you ever have ideas for future content, future videos, please let us know. We love having ideas, um, and, I mean, we've got lots that we think about, but there's lots of things that you might want to see that just wouldn't occur to us, so, um, be sure to let us know. Um... I guess that's all I have to say for today. Uh, please stay safe out there in these uncertain times. Um, take care of you. Take care of your loved ones. Uh, forgive yourself if you need to take that extra time. Um, and thanks for carving time out of your day to listen to me talk for probably way too long. <laughs> all right. Bye, everyone.